0: Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends.
1: It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is a great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. We claim to believe in a God who spoke the universe into existence and literally raised himself from the dead. And yet we're not going to believe that anything else exists in the spirit realm, even though his word tells us that they do.
0: Their bodies weren't permitted to go to sleep, like humans do, and they weren't permitted to go to heaven. So they wander the earth. You know, I've
1: seen the eyes turn black to unknown tongues being spoken. These giants were way up in the highlands. The young braves, the young men, would hide up in the trees and wait for one of these twelve footers to come walking down the path, and they would jump on him and kill him, and drag him back to the village, and the village would feast on the body. Freedom. Then people start to get weapons, they start to get armor, they start to build cities, they start to fortify their cities. Now, God looks down, and there's violence everywhere. The battle, this war that we are at, is not against each other. It's against these principalities and these rulers and these archons in the high places. It's really worthwhile to read the Bible yourself. Fear is one of the primary drivers of mind control, because we have to take every thought captive and resist fear
0: you're going to have a testimony that is a justice case against the kingdom of darkness
1: welcome back to the millennium must see podcast i'm the host rod Thank you for being here. Dan DeVall is with me for this episode, and it is a roller coaster ride. It's always great to talk with Dan, and this is a special episode in my opinion. We cover earth, wind, air, fire, and water, and so much more. Things like portals, dimensions, the great cloud of witnesses, the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height. We dive into the Word of God on this episode, and there's some bonuses. We share some opinions and thoughts about how some things connect together, along with encouragement, advice, insight, and wisdom. You guys, I need you to check the show notes here on each episode. You can find the website, you can find my email address, and all the other episode description information that I write out. I need you guys to partner with me. I need your help. I need you to pray for me. I need you guys to donate so that we can make some things come to pass. I need you guys to submit your artwork to help with artwork for the show. If you guys are good at doing art, do something really cool for the mustard seed and pass it on to us and we're gonna share it with everybody else. And honestly, you guys, the days we're living in, you need to be wise as a serpent, but as harmless as a dove you got to keep a close eye on your household, what belongs to you. There are systems in place right now that are trying to literally steal our children. And they're mocking us making videos saying that they're going to scoop them up into these crazy ideologies and cause them to switch genders. Listen, if you decide to do that, if you choose to not go with the way that God made you and you alter your body, that can't be undone. I would challenge you guys to go watch some testimonial videos about people who have transitioned from one gender to the next gender and how much they regret it. And just remember, you're young now. If you're thinking about doing that, the joy of life is having children and knowing your lineage goes on, that it carries on, that your bloodline carries on. So don't allow them to cut that off, pun intended. Don't allow them to steal that from you listen to the voice of reason if you're confused and you need somebody to pray with you you need to work some stuff out or something happened in your life that you just don't know what's going on it doesn't matter but you do not need to be rushed into making any choices about altering your body i really wanted to take the time to say this because i know people are going to listen to this episode and i want to be heard loud and clear you are wonderfully and fearfully created the way that you are And if you're not finding value in the people you're around, (laughs) get out of these death circles that people be running in. The word says that there is safety and wise counsel. And there's one way to get wisdom. Wisdom comes at the fear of the Lord. It's important for me to let you guys know where I stand. I don't judge anybody, but that's my stance. Like it, love it, hate it. Doesn't matter to me. Let's get into this episode because I am excited this one right here are you guys ready let's go dan doesn't need much of an introduction but there's some new listeners so Dan Duvall is the executive director of Bride Ministries and also the senior pastor. He's written six books at this point, and his podcast, Discovering Truth with Dan DeVall, is definitely worth your time. Dan, thanks for being here with me again.
0: It's good to be back, Rod. Thank you. And, and and you know, thank you for your persistence. I I have not made it easy for you to track me down and get me back, but <laughs> <laughs> Good things, hey, things good come things. to those who wait.
1: <laughs> yes, this is true. Good things do come to those who wait. So, man, I know you have a lot going on, and this is, this is really good for us to be able to connect and capture this conversation for the audience. I have some interesting topics I'd like to dive into as we go on. But first, today is the summer solstice. What are your thoughts on that? I hear a lot of mixed information.
0: Yes. Well, summer solstice, June 21st is really, a, a, what you would call an occult high day. It's an occult high day. And, and when it comes to like, when you can expect to see exacerbated manifestations of evil on the earth, or even, um, unfortunate decision-making in some people or things that oftentimes what the occult does is they they know that there will be more power at certain times during the year to get stuff done. And the solstices are some of those times. So whenever you're dealing with a solstice, whether it's a summer solstice or winter solstice or spring or fall, uh, you're always dealing with a time where there's going to be a lot more ritual activity there that there, there is going to be a a celebration of of darkness uh there will be sacrifices of various sorts animal human uh and 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 it's coordinated because there's an agreement like this is the time of the year when these things will happen so there's um, you know, power to be, to be harnessed in that, in that agreement and, and settling of like, you know, these are, these are the times and seasons of the kingdom of darkness, so to speak. So, so when, whenever we come across like a solstice time, especially for people that are overcoming a background of satanic ritual abuse or, um, any, anything that really connects them deeply into the occult world, what happens is that at this time of the year, it's like everything gets a little bit hectic. If things get heightened. Uh, people have to deal with more intense attacks on their lives, um, loss of uh, uh, um, you know like peace, and sometimes things just going noticeably more wrong than at other times of the year. And hmm. and and for the most part, when people are aware and they say, "Oh, wow, this is coming," and they begin to prepare themselves for a solstice night with thorough prayer and a lot of spiritual defensive then then they fare much better through that season. So I I see the the solstices holistically as you know it just is what like a times and seasons conversation yeah. for the kingdom of darkness. Mm. Very good insight. Which one of your prayers
1: on the website there or in any of your books would you recommend for winter solstice later this year? Obviously, by the time (laughs) this airs, the summer solstice will be over, but there's nothing wrong with prepping for the future. What kind of prayers would you recommend for this heightened uh, cultic activity that we battle against?
0: I have a few prayers that I, I find to be. So, first of all, BrideMovement.com. That's our ministry website. And, and we at our website have have made an extraordinary amount of resources available for free. I uh, I mean, obviously I came on your podcast before, but you know, we've been working with uh, survivors of the most intense occult backgrounds imaginable for over a decade now. Um, I, I've literally spent over 10,000 hours sitting in one-on-one session ministry contexts with people from all over the world, every background. Um, every kind of variation of occult influence and 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 you know really pressed into how do we help people to engage with the finished work of jesus christ for them to experience the reality of his freedom uh, despite what they've been through and in the process of sitting down and seeing what actually works what actually gets the breakthrough for people we have put together a, a huge assembly of prayer resources. Now, most of the ones that are publicly available, I wrote myself now within our mm-hmm. community of coaches, we have a whole slew of new resources that the, our, the coaches that I've trained have been creating. And and and, and we have like a proprietary like archive <laughs> of resources that we use as coaches to get people set free. So uh, yes, you do. yeah, there, there are benefits to being a coach with Bride Ministries, that's for sure. But we- um we made a lot of these uh, prayers that I made available for free, right? And I do have books with them in it, but, but bridemovement.com prayers, they exist now in six languages. So we have been translating these prayers that work into language after language after language, because I believe that deliverance is the children's bread rod. And so people can go there, grab the prayers for free. If you really like them and you want to have them on hand, you can get the books gang stalking prayer is a really powerful prayer for getting the uh, agents of darkness off your back. Psalm 91 is literally Psalm 91, but I basically just retrofitted the language of that passage in scripture to be personalized in prayer. It's extremely effective. And another uh, resource that, that, that people can lean into uh, there's a, pr- a prayer called the prayer for leaders on the website. Uh, and, and just because it's called prayer for leaders doesn't mean that it's only limited to a leadership person like a president or a church pastor. Like you could pray this prayer over anybody, but it's heavy duty protection, um, especially against the power of witchcraft and occult stuff. So those are three easy, easy go tos for people. Yeah. And
1: I'll testify it. There's a lot of power in those prayers. I have had some experience using them and <laughs> highly recommended. So it that'll be in the show notes, you guys. So for everybody listening, go to the show notes and I will have a link right there for Dan's website, the uh, bride ministries with all of the prayers and a ton of information. And like you said, the heart that you have, Dan, it's, um, it's the children's bread for us to be freed and for, the, for this bondage to be undone. And, and that's really, uh, that's where it should be for everybody who's serving the Lord. So I think you're really leading in
0: that way. And you it's, know, it's amazing. I, I, yeah. I, thank you, Rod. I, I mean, it, it irks me. Yeah. I hate watching people get bullied by the devil. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's irritating. You know why? Because we have a bigger god with more power. Yes. Yes. More armies, more resources, more abundance. You know, I'm gonna be honest. I I have a son, right? This boy lacks for nothing. Because he lives in my house. And and as children of the king of kings. Of whom it is written, behold, I go and prepare a place for you that where I am there, you may be also. Right. Mm. It, we live like my two year old son. If he were to escape my house, run down the street, you know, get in a taxi, go to the, you know, broken down part of town and, and crawl up under a hole. Like what would you do that? Like, why would you live like that? Um, and, and and I see the devil has coerced many people into living like like that spiritually wise when the reality is we, we have so much access to the heavenly dimension the, the the wealth of our father god the the finished work of Jesus christ to establish healing and deliverance and wholeness and and freedom from broken emotion states and I mean, everything that you can imagine is like literally resolved at the cross of Jesus Christ. And, I, and 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 to watch people go year after year, decade after decade at times, just getting their butt kicked by the devil because no one told them how to apply what Jesus did for their lives. It irks me. And so I'm just sitting here like, I want to help. Let me talk to you. I I, <laughs> I really <laughs> want to see you in a better place. You know, we started doing um a uh, Financial Peace University. I, I mean, I'm just going to give a shout out. Most, most of your listeners probably know who Dave Ramsey is. Um, but, you know, they, they come out with the curriculum for for churches. Like, was, so I'm a big deliverance guy. You know, I'm a big inner healing guy, right? And we see the power of God all the time. But I don't believe that just because that's where, you know, I have had unique revelation it means that's where the ministry gets parked. So we're bringing in this to our local church. And Um, training people. And and I just told everybody, my wife is actually leading the, the, the discussion. And I told people, I said, the reason why we're doing this is because I want you all to be millionaires because I I believe that with the right empowerment and equipping the, the the extraordinary can be unlocked in people on every, every aspect of life. And, and that's what I'm committed to literally. Um, just unlocking the manifested sons of God in the earth. That
1: is more than an invitation to taste and see that the Lord is good, man. That is extraordinary, extraordinary. And the Bible says the earth moans and groans for the sons of God to raise up, for us to take our position. And uh, it's a process for me. It's been, it's been a process. We're almost at 10 years since I surrendered my heart to Christ. And yeah, I, I, a lot of the reason I do this show is because I know I'm not alone and, and thank God as time goes on, I'm finding more and more people like me that are reaching out and sharing their stories. And we <clears throat> are a unique body, diverse members, diversity of gifts, right? One spirit, one truth, one baptism, and I love finding out who's who and where's where everybody's at because it, it felt lonely there for a little bit, but not so much anymore. Dan, I got some questions for you, my man. Okay. Our last conversation, which if anybody listening to this did not hear the first time that Dan was on the show, this was the end of the year last year. So we're talking seven, eight months ago. Yeah. We covered super soldiers, the kingdom of God. I mean, the conversation was off the chain. <laughs> Which is good now <laughs> i I have some questions the The word talks about the great cloud of witnesses that watch us. almost as if the they're cheering us on. Can you just dive into that? It's been a question that's been coming up in my private life with like friends and and just people around. Uh, I know you can give me some clarity on that. and I'm sure you know what Bible verse I'm talking about, right?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we, we could go layers and layers deep on that. And you just tell me where you you, know, <laughs> you need to park on this one, but let's okay. go. Let's go. <laughs> First of all, um, cloud of witnesses is essentially the dead in Christ. Like, so, so when we come to Jesus Christ, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life, right? And so, okay, yes, we have everlasting life, but the physical body does die. So what does that mean? Well, it means that our soul will go to heaven in Christ when the physical body dies, because he is the resurrection, he is the source of life, and we have eternal life in him. And and because there is a a, a process that's being um, manifested through what we call linear time, or what we experience as linear time, there is an order of operation, so to speak, to the full revealing of the redemption, which is redemption, body, soul, and spirit, the whole man. Now, uh, when, when, when you begin to talk about the cloud of witnesses, right? So we're talking about the dead in Christ. We're, we're, we're talking about those who were dead in Christ before Jesus died and resurrected, and also those that have died in Christ from that point forward. One of the things that the Bible is clear about in the book of Ephesians chapter four, it says he he, he took captivity captive. And what that means, essentially, he went to Abraham's bosom. It's this realm of Sheol where the righteous dead were located. And he took them in his death, burial, and resurrection and transferred the whole realm to the third heaven, the heavenly realms in him up there. And from that point, every person that dies is now with him. uh, As it is written, I go and prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. In my father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would not have told you. So now you have Zion, and Zion is the mountain of God, and you also have the heavenly Jerusalem. And in the book of Hebrews, it says, for we have all come to the heavenly Jerusalem, to Zion, to the city of the living God, to an innumerable company of angels, to the... uh, Church of the Firstborn, the spirits of just men made perfect. Um, so what what you realize is, oh wow! So so there's a a realm, and it's actually defined for us. Like we, we could call it heaven generally, but but really that's a bit of a misnomer because shemayim heavens is a plural word, and there are multiple heavens, and within the heavens are uh-huh. many different dimensional planes. And yes, they, they they do have different realms associated. I, I call it first heavens, second heavens, third heavens. First heavens being the earth, second heavens being the general atmosphere of the spirit world across multiple dimensional planes, and then third heavens, paradise. So heavens is a bit of a a, a bit of a misnomer. You have to kind of qualify that word. And But but you do have Mount Zion, which is the mountain of God, and, and this is the realm of God's government where, where, where the citizens of heaven do live in the city of the living God, according to the book of Hebrews. Well, the interesting thing is that when you read the book of Hebrews about how we have come, it's actually a past tense statement. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city. It's, it's not something that we're looking forward to which is where I, I think futurists just mess a lot of things up. When, when, when people do this dispensational premillennialism, I can qualify that later if I need to, but really what they're doing is they're pushing all of the promises of scripture that they don't see an experiential reality of in their physical world off into a distant future after or post a second return coming of Christ event whereas a lot of the things that get pushed forward are are not supposed to be. For for instance, in the book of Ephesians chapter two, it says, for we have been raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Um, The the raising up and the seating with Christ in heavenly places isn't something that happens after a person dies. It actually happens the moment they receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. There's a dimensional transaction that takes place. And... There, there is a connection to the, the 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 city of the living God, the mountain of God's government, Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, and and we begin to be citizens there. In the book of Philippians, it says um, that we are we are citizens in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> From which we await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, pa- Paul is like I- I'm already in that realm, but my physical body is still in the earth, and so so I'm actually a dimensional bridge. Don't get it twisted, right? And 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 I I, I want to encourage all of your listeners. Let-, let me explain. Every believer is a dimensional bridge. That's why the Bible says, "Lift up your heads, O ye gates." your hands, you everlasting doors. Like there's the, 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 the human design is, is such that we are, are, are literally by creation, a dimensional bridge when we're in this world, with, especially with a physical body. And so the, um, the reality of the cloud of witnesses is, is that, yes, we are surrounded, but, but not because people are getting stalked in their living room by dead people, like you saw in the sixth sense we came up with Bruce Willis years ago, right? Um, there is a reality of existence for every believer in the mountain of God, where we live, where we have existence, where business can transact, um, and all kinds of encounters can be had. Now, for me, it's nothing like, this might sound weird to some of your listeners, but it's not difficult to to lean into that reality. Like I, I, I talk about the human spirit a lot for this reason, because the human spirit, as in body, soul, and spirit, we're this triune being. The human spirit is the component of our design that is truly transdimensional by nature. So the soul is like the conscious mind, the will and the emotions, but the spirit, the human spirit is more like a superconscious mind that can engage, right? If you know how to lean into it right at the surface of the body, it's very powerful. Um, unless it's in a state of bondage, that's another conversation. But that part of us, when we lean into the human spirit, it opens the realms of the heavenlies up experientially. So so this is what happened to John in the in the book of Revelation chapter one. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. and and as you're going through chapter one, what you realize is he is explaining to you exactly what he did to open up the realm of encounter where he began to engage with Jesus Christ. So he leaned into his human spirit and was in the spirit. Our human spirit is where Holy Spirit gets housed. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him, 1 Corinthians 6, 17. And so when he leans into his spirit, the perspective of that transdimensional nature of what we are now brings its experience into the the, the the realm of understanding and 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 almost, we could say, consciousness, like the soul began to touch that reality. And so he, it was also shared experience for John's whole being. And there's Jesus right there. Why? Well, he made it very clear. He's like, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Number one witness in the cloud of witnesses that we're always going to be around is Jesus. He never leaves us or forsakes us. But because of this transdimensional existence, especially of the human spirit, if people begin to tap into the spirit and the the reality of what the spirit is and where it can be, it opens Mm -hmm. realms of encounter where, okay, yeah, I begin to realize that my spirit may at its time be wandering around one of the streets of gold in my daddy's house. And and there may be some uh, other witnesses dead in Christ that are in that realm that are available for interaction wow. right now. And I mean, wow. I, I've, I've done this just, I, I mean, literally just for fun. And, and that may sound very sacrilegious, but it's just like, if people understood sonship, like, let me explain. My son does not have to knock on my door and ask permission to come into my house. So why do we think that to be in Zion and enjoy our father's house where our mansions are, we need to do some kind of like extraordinary feat, like physically die first or something crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's some of the broken thought patterns around this thing are such nonsense, Rod. Now the cloud of witnesses <laughs> is, 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 is extraordinary because, you know, I mean, yes, Jesus is our gate. He's our door of encounter with all things, God, but we have come to the spirits of just men made perfect and as people begin to get into encounter with cloud of witnesses what they will find is that sometimes some of these people have really necessary things to tell them it, 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 and it, and 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 for someone listening to this they're like oh i'm so uh, religious this must be um 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 necromancy you just invited this necromancer on your I read someone's blog this guy's clearly lost his nuts <laughs> and and I'm just going to say this like okay so the difference between cloud of witnesses and necromancy is huge first of all necromancy is witchcraft so it requires certain things it requires interaction with death spirits it requires uh, uh uh incantations and actual rituals um and and recipes i mean it 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 requires at times blood sacrifices i mean there's there's a whole system around performing necromancy it's not nice and tidy and it doesn't happen in the presence of the worship and the engagement of encounter with the true Lord Jesus Christ while abiding under the shadow of his wing and enjoying the abundant blessings of the father's house. Like there's such a difference between cloud of witnesses and necromancy. It it almost doesn't even deserve an honorable mention, but the problem, Rod, the problem is that Christians, unfortunately have not been empowered with the, uh, uh, right perspective. Wow.
1: Wow. That's key. Yeah. I I remember what you, you even said last time you were on about, we need to say yes. And repentance is a change of mind too. So I think a lot of it is actually, um, what does the, the, the verse say we are washed and transformed the renewing of our mind. So if the world is operating at this standard, God's word is not restricted uh, (laughs) to what the world's possible insights are going to bring to the table. I love everything that you're saying right now. It just I feel that excitement and that fullness start to rise up in me. It's like uh, you're no longer thirsty when you hear good, (laughs) good word in good season and proper context. It quenches the thirst, (laughs) man. All right. So I got more questions. I don't want to veer uh, off of the great cloud of witnesses question too quickly if you had anything else to add to it. but But I'm going to drop the next question. Okay. I want to know a little bit about this anti-Diluvian technology. So okay. <laughs> there, oh. there, there, there's a lot, a lot of questions. I'm just going to start there. I'm going to keep
0: it simple. What do you have for me? Okay. So diluvian means d- d- flood, right? So anti-Diluvian is, this is a fancy term for before the flood, anti-Diluvian technology uh, is basically, a, I mean, a, a category of any kind of technology that was being utilized by the populations that were on the face of the Earth and beyond um, before God smote the Earth during the flood of Noah. I I would break that up into two, I guess, um, categories. One would be the pre-Adamite conversation. And then the post-Adamite conversation leading up to Noah. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the problems that we have thoroughly explored is that when people are getting bloodline level deliverance from certain things, especially from certain bloodlines, Holy Spirit has not been satisfied with the language, you know, we repent on behalf of all of our past generations back to Adam for fill in the blank and clearing it from the bloodline, right? Because he'll the Holy Ghost will say, "No, you need to say before Adam." And so there's this whole realm of like, you know, it's almost a bit of a black box, but a lot of a lot of stuff that actually happens Pre-Adam, that has weight on our experience now, and 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 this is one of the linchpins, I think, in the Devil's kingdom and his strategy for for keeping people in bondage, because you know what you don't know can hurt you, and and that's basically the Devil's strategy. He he wants to keep as much of the rule book. A secret as possible, so people just feel completely helpless and 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 powerless to overcome him. Um, the good news is that the finished work of Jesus Christ kind of takes care of everything. But but you do have these two realms now. Post Adam, you have a lot of activity going on because. The fallen angels or the watchers that came down on Mount Hermon during the days of Jared, they came in and taught men technology. Like that is the birth of a, a massive influx of antediluvian technology. It actually came right out of the angelic realm. And so as these fallen angels are taking wives of all whom they choose, According to the book of 1 Enoch, which you're probably very familiar with, I mean, you've had other people talk about this extensively. Like, they are teaching men how to, you know, do makeup and how to create weapons and make war and, 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 you know, do all kinds of things. Then you have these hybrid creatures that are the Nephilim and they're creating a big mess in the earth. Most people have suggested they were cannibals. And so there was a lot of uh, cannibalism, flesh eating probably leading to human sacrifice even at that time um and 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 of course the integration of heavenly technologies now if you consider other other like um, like 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 Atlantis or Lemuria or some of these groups like you you do come across the suggestion that there was some very highly advanced technology that was beginning to be utilized in that antediluvian environment which probably included the use of portals or, or, or stargates and the ability to really travel. Um, now I'll, 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 I'll build on that with this next statement. I am ever increasingly convinced that there was a, a, a knowledge in that world for working with the elemental kingdom. Whoa. That was a was the source of a lot more than we realize. I'm I'm actually and, and I'm just going to say it like this. What what do you mean by the elemental kingdom? What what I mean is the stoikion. What what I, what I mean is you know uh paul talks about the beggarly elements of this world in the in, in the new testament but the this this elemental kingdom is a whole component of the spiritual realm that that is not gotten the the attention that it deserves and it begins with a conversation on earth fire air and water but it expands it expands quite dramatically into uh conversation on gold and tin and bismuth and mercury and um many other things and 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 then you can also expand it through different belief systems into like wood for instance and then you have different categories and subcategories of elementals and um you have alchemy that comes out of that which is realistically um a component of virtually every occult school of thought from top to bottom and they kinda of, the alchemy piece of the conversation, it's like they kind of you know misdirect and they say, oh, it's just, you know, these people in the Middle Ages trying to turn lead into gold, and that's that's it. It's just like a hobby for some people that are a little shady, not you know, don't look over here. Um, but it, it it's all about the manipulation of the the fundamental building blocks of uh, the world we experience. God created the elementals. God created earth. God created fire. God created water. God created air, and and the, the, the these elemental realms have beings that are associated with them that are not in the category of demons. They're not in the category of fallen angels. They're not in the category of human spirits. They're not in the category of animal souls. They they don't actually sit in any of those buckets. It's a whole completely separate component of the spirit world. And Okay, I got a question. I I got to
1: jump in and ask a question here. Well, there's one thing that comes to mind just for if anybody's listening and they're skeptical, just start at the verse where Jesus says, if the people as he was coming into Jerusalem didn't praise him, the rocks would cry out. I'll just move on from that to... Uh, Clarify for me a little bit, like the the elementals, do they fall into one of the realms of like powers, rollers, or or dominions? So we know that they're not angels, these elementals, like there's a spirit, like an actual sapient, intelligent um, spirit behind these elementals. Like it has a name, it can actually, um, (laughs) I don't know, converse. With, with either us or an angel or, or get a message from God's throne room? Can you just help me to understand a little bit better?
0: Well, let me, let me finish this thought, and then I'm going to come right back to your question. So what I was getting at was working with a, we could just call it a hidden knowledge or an occult knowledge of the elemental kingdom. I believe that the antediluvian world was achieving some of its technological breakthroughs I think they leaned into the elemental kingdom in mm. order to do some of the supernatural and extraordinary things they did. And um, they did it by a knowing and intentional interaction with the elemental kingdoms. Wow. that, 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 that that's my my, my my postulation. And I, I think I'm right. Now, wow. coming back to what you're bringing up, um, when I, before I left for, uh, uh, South Africa, I, um, uh, I was given a prophetic word by a friend and he said, you know, Daniel, when you go to South Africa, the, um, the earth is going to speak to you the, and, and, and nature is going to speak to you. The land, he actually said the land is going to speak to you. And, and I had no idea what what that meant but as it turned out the land definitely spoke to me i began to get a massive download on the most unexpected subject because i didn't i wasn't even looking for it but it came in earth fire air and water the elementals and it was uh, just a tsunami. I, I mean, I literally just sat writing for hours and I would like look up one verse and it would lead to an explosion of all kinds of connections. And, uh, and then I'd have to re-engage and... Um, <laughs> like, I mean, it was just hectic. And out of all of that, Uh, what I realized is not, it's not that like, um, you know, Chinese belief systems or Japanese belief systems or, or, uh, uh, you know, even Indian, uh, uh, Hindu belief systems, like all of these different religious structures got the memo and Christianity didn't. It's just that we ignored it. And the elementals are all over the Bible. And so I, I began to realize, and I'll just give you, like, um, you know, just an introduction to the reason why. Okay. God himself in the Christian Bible defines himself, according to Jeremiah 2, as the fountain of living waters. He describes himself as the rock of our foundation. Jesus Christ was the rock that Moses struck the rock that followed them spewing out water, satisfying the needs of the children of Israel in the wilderness. He was the rock that Jacob laid his head on when he dreamed. And there was a ladder that descended from heaven to earth. And because Jesus was the rock, that was the entrance point of that ladder upon which angels ascended and descended, he came later in the book of Luke and said, did you think what I just did is pretty impressive? Don't kid yourselves. You'll see greater things than this. You will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Why? That's a reference to him as the rock that Jacob laid his head on when Jacob's ladder opened up. Jesus was the rock. He is also uh, Holy Spirit. And the word translated spirit is uh, uh, ruach. So Ruach Hakodesh in Hebrew is basically uh spirit of holiness, Ruach Hakodesh, and Ruach means wind. God is earth, fire, air, and water. So God creates out of his own resource and perfection. And so why would we be surprised that earth, fire, air, and water are characterizing the world in which we live and the rest of creation? Now, you, you do have a difference between earthly and heavenly elementals. So you have a conversation where uh, uh, God, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So you have earthly elementals, then you have heavenly elementals. And I would say that the elementals that are who God is, the consuming fire, the living water. Holy spirit. Like those elementals are holy elementals, undefilable, perfect, untouchable, unscathable, but there are heavenly elementals, which include sun, moon, stars, and planets that are um, uh, important to understand. And so Mm -hmm. with, with with all of that said, it's not that these concepts aren't in the Bible. They've been in the Bible the whole time. I mean, when, Elijah is, is, is dealing with, uh, you know, being dealt with by the Lord. And you see that, you know, (laughs) the spirit of the Lord is, is, is the still small voice, but he wasn't in the earthquake. You know, he wasn't in the whirlwind. Like these are elemental references. Uh, The Bible uses (laughs) the elementals to, uh, you know, open interdimensional portals. I mean, every single one, Jonah, I mean, he was swallowed by the fish and found himself on the belly of Sheol. How did he get there? Because that fish went underwater, went into an underwater labyrinth, navigated it, jumped into a portal and went into the realm of Sheol, which likely is a component of the hollow earth. And Jonah was there for a little while crying out to God. And when he repented, the fish got its instructions, swam back through the portal and spewed him up on the surface world. Go do your job. So you have water portals right there in the word. When, when when Korah went into a rebellion while Moses was trying to do what God called him to do, you know, you know what happened? The earth swallowed him up. Him and all of the people that were in that rebellion of Korah. And then the fire devoured the rest of the people that were making a mess. The, the, you, so you have elemental kingdom involved directly with God in the execution of his judgments. And when when the earth opened up to swallow Korah. That was an Earth gate, like that's literally an Earth portal, <laughs> taking people, physical people, from one dimension to wherever they went. Oh you, you, you have a situation, and, and we're going to go on for a little bit because um, oh I, I'm going to shatter some some you know some sacred cows.
1: I'm ready. Let's facts. let's do it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> with facts, but like you know, um. uh, when when Manoa. When Manoah, who was Samson's father, was discussing with the angel that, that and this is Judges 13, Samson would be born to him and his wife, right? So the angel comes and he's like, yeah, you know, this is going to happen. And, and he's like, yeah, let's do a meal. Let's share some lamb, whatever they do. And so they, they go to cook their food, make the sacrifice. And, and, and the angel actually ends up stepping into the fire and he ascends to heaven but the angel was a physical person. He had a a meat suit on. Manoah did not know it was an angel. He thought it was just a guy, a weird guy, but a guy. You know, In the New (laughs) Testament, it tells us we have entertained angels unawares. Well, this was one of those situations where he wasn't aware until he was, but the fire acted as a portal for the angelic being to ascend to a different dimension. So you have trans-dimensional activity that happens via engagement with the elemental kingdom. And then you have a lot of, a uh, uh, um, activity that, that, that involves beings that are essentially elemental beings. And, and, and it's what I'm saying. So you have like the general overarching understanding, like this is a lake, this is a fire, this is a field, this is sky, and this is sky over a specific region. Um, and and then you have certain beings that are associated, um, and, 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 and some of them are deviant, some of them are demonic, so, uh, 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 but many of them are almost what you could call morally ambiguous. So they'll cooperate with whoever is making the spiritual decisions in the region, which unfortunately – a lot of regions have been defiled by evil people who sit at the top and so because evil people are doing the rituals and making all of the legal decisions and the uh you know filling the land with bloodshed and iniquity and and, and this and that um the elementals can can sometimes be very antagonistic towards mankind but they can also be redeemed and and operate in conjunction with mankind and co- like so so Jesus demonstrates this right so he goes out and and he's asleep a massive storm breaks out and and and, and the disciples are so afraid because the, the elemental kingdom was not working with them in fact where they were going they they were going to a region that had an evil government sitting on it the gadara now now for people that are history buffs you know they, they had a massive uh, a temple in in, in gadara Right, and it was a, a it was a seat for Jupiter, which is the Roman version of the Greek god Zeus, and then you had the gathering demoniac, and really it was two. If you read all of the different passages and put it together, but you know th- th- these guys were were there, and one specific one had the legion in him, and they were on their way there. But on the way there, they, they hit this massive thing because these elementals that they're being governed by. Uh, a, 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 a evil government, like the ruling principality, is actually Zeus, which is Jupiter, <laughs> and and he has a network, so to speak, of influence in the region, and the people are in in collaboration with that. In fact, I I, I often tell people, I'm like, listen, do you know why there were so many pigs available for the legion to ask Jesus to cast him into the pigs during that? thing. is, because those pigs were likely uh-huh. being bred as a sacrifice for Zeus, who is hmm. Jupiter, because Antiochus Epiphanes is the one who desecrated the the, the the holy place by slaughtering a pig on the altar during the time of the Maccabean uh, uh, revolt. And so that was in the intertestamental period. The, the, the abomination of desolation, that was the original one. He slaughtered a pig on the altar. And so so, so Zeus loves the sacrifice of pigs. So they're of course, right? They're farming pigs in the region. They're going to make a sacrifice. So there's an evil government sitting over that. And that evil government is not just demons, it's influencing the elemental kingdom. So when Jesus is on his way, yeah, they don't want him to come and they don't like the fact that there's going to be a showdown. So they try to resist. And they, you know, so they 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 come with the spirit of intimidation, but the it's the wind and the waves that are actually creating the conflict. And the disciples are like, ah, what are we going to do? And so they wake up Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, we're going to die. We're going to drown this massive storm. And Jesus is just like, oh, ah. let me show you how this is done. He gets up and rebukes the wind and the waves. Now, when he, when, when he does that, what, what he's doing is he's imposing something. He's imposing his identity, his lordship over the creation, his Supremacy over the counterfeit government that is influencing the elemental kingdom to operate in a way that is not right relative to the plans and purposes of God. And the elemental kingdom responded. It responded. That was the elemental kingdom responding to the manifested Son of God. Oh, wow, you remind me, Jesus of the fact that I was created to serve you and your father. And yes. Heaven. Yes. So let me calm down. <laughs> so the, the whole thing calms down, right? So th- this is, this is actually um, dealing with the elemental kingdom. Jesus is doing it, and they marvel at him and, and, and Jesus is looking at his disciples like, why didn't you do this? Like, you know, but, but okay. So, so, then they go, right, to Gadara, and then you have that whole showdown, and, you know, Jesus absolutely embarrasses the legion, and mm-hmm. um, that, 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 that whole thing plays out. But, but here's the point. The point is that, I, I mean, I, I was sitting in South Africa. It didn't stop Rod. I probably wrote 70,000 words of notes or something. I mean, it was not, no, no, that's it. That's an exaggeration. It was not that much, but, uh, uh, um, it, it felt like <laughs> it was like a long, I mean, I just was writing and writing and writing. It wasn't 70,000 words. I maybe half that, but, um, but it was definitely 70 pages. And I, I, uh, I'm telling you what I realize is that the, the elemental kingdom is the key to so much of, of, of how reality is experienced. And this is why it's been, it's been obfuscated because every, every school of the occult, um, if you go high enough and you get initiated high, and, and sometimes it doesn't even mean, mean, need to be very highly initiated to know that you are going to be dealing with the elementals, but, um, when you really begin to have direct encounters with the elemental beings, like they usually do specific initiations in, in the various s- secret societies and schools so that a person can start engaging with these beings directly, the beings associated with earth and fire and air and water from an occult perspective, um, in order to effectively manipulate reality with their partnership. So the Rosicrucians are really big on this. This is actually public information available on Wikipedia, but they have a whole system of um, initiation where, where, where their um, followers are are empowered to interact with these elemental beings for evil purposes. Um, what what I have found is that because the elementals basically define the reality we experience when people get them partnered with an agenda. I mean, they, they have the ability to, to create and to destroy. And I, I, I honestly think that it would be possible if people were effectively partnered and, and understanding how to do that with like air and, and earth. Um, at the same time, and think that you, you could actually get the, the spirit beings behind those elemental kingdoms to do things like assemble structures, like ancient temples, and different things that you can't explain how it was possibly done by humans. Wow. But if you consider that the elemental beings can lean into our reality and, and, and really uh, uh, do things, I, I think there's a whole branch of understanding and revelation that, that leans in that direction. And I, I, I don't know, I don't have too many, I, I really, I, I need to do some more of my own research in this area, so I'm gonna just say a caveat, like like I am talking some suppositions and some postulations with your audience, and people can follow up some of my conversation with their own research. What you find will shock you. As, as, as you go deeper with this, yeah, I mean, i see that the antediluvian world was largely influenced by technologies that harnessed the elemental kingdom let's just kind of concisely state it that way i think they had hidden knowledge or hidden to the majority of us today on how to do things with the elemental kingdoms that if we knew what they were doing it would really change everything Now, with the pre-Adamite conversation, that's that's also antediluvian. <laughs> that is 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 huge. And one of the big breakthroughs that we got was when we realized, you know, a lot of these people say, hey, um the, uh, the Illuminati, the 13 root bloodlines of the Illuminati. Fritz Springmeier came out with this you know, revelation, 13 root bloodlines of the Illuminati. He wasn't the first person to um, say that. I mean, it, it's been kind of understood that the Illuminati does have these 13 root bloodlines, but nobody, Rod, can agree as to what these root bloodlines are. It's like okay, so we have 13. Why? Because 12 is perfect government, right? So God had 12 apostles and of the Lamb, and then you know, but (laughs) we have 13 bloodlines. So you begin to do it and you come up with some names. Okay, well, we got Rockefeller, we got Rothschild, we got DuPont, we got Sinclair, we got House of Windsor, we got. Cavendish, we, you know, and so you start working through some of these bloodlines, and and then you realize when you get to to, to thirteen, you have fourteen and fifteen and sixteen. I have a book, um, prayers that shake heaven and earth, and in there we had a prayer for freedom from Illuminati bloodlines, uh, very powerful. But I have like you know twenty six different surnames listed, and it's like, well, that's a whole lot more than thirteen, isn't it? And it's like, yeah, because. <laughs> The surnames are not the actual bloodlines. Like, where was Cavendish in, you know, three thousand BC? Like, the 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 bloodlines have been moving through the earth and family trees, but but they haven't always used the same surname. So then it's like, okay, well, where where did they come from? And what, what I realized is that uh, um, a lot of these Illuminati bloodlines are actually coming from other groups that wove their DNA into human vessels, creating branches within human bloodlines that carry pre-Adamic iniquity. And we started to get the names of these groups. I actually have a prayer resource that's not public right now, but I, I list, you know, um 13 root races. And that's what I call them, the root races of the Illuminati. It's mm. like these entity groups that pre-exist Adam being created and mm. placed in the garden. And they managed to basically work their iniquity into human bloodlines. And, and I don't know where all of the different incursion points were. And I'm not even going to try to explain, you know, we know about the Genesis six. We know that they says, um, there were giants on the earth then. And also after that, I, I, I don't have the full picture, but what I know is that we have seen people getting delivered with this knowledge on the highest levels, Rod. It's it's off the charts, and 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 some of the groups you might you know expect, and some of them, I mean, I, I was completely shocked by, and uh, so so and 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 these groups, they have their own technologies, so there you go. Interesting, very interesting. I,
1: I mean, just listening, I'm thinking. We have an iCloud today, right? We have this cloud where information is stored. So was there ancient information from the antediluvian times, like ancient artificial realm technologies that maybe they're trying to activate today? I'm speculating here. Nobody throw a stone at me. I'm just thinking out loud, but you look at the contrails, right? Or the, these jet stream trails that are quite the topic of conversation. You look at how they're polluting the air, the earth. Uh, and I had so many thoughts as I'm listening to you talking. I just love, love sitting back and listen to you talk, man. Cause my mind is just uh stirring up and uh, makes, Hey, this, this is what I love. I love talking about the authority of God and then wondering what great exploits still have yet to be done <laughs> because God <laughs> is looking for those who are not afraid to, to walk in what their calling is. We cannot be ignorant to the devil's devices. Dan, I'm loving this conversation, my friend. So <clears throat> you talked to, you dropped a keyword there, which mm-hmm. was underground mm-hmm. uh, hollow earth or underground realms. When you had talked about Jonah, potentially the fish that swallowed him up may have been, I, I don't know. Uh, underwater sea portal to Hollow Earth. Underwater sea dimension. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just jump into Hollow Earth here for a minute. Or uh, go ahead, man, take the floor. What, however, it connects,
0: web weave it together. This is great. Well, all right. So Hollow Earth is something that I I can't ignore. I I, I think people just. Are so tired of the uh, round earth, the globe Earth first flat Earth debate that I just get a free pass on this one, but I tell everybody I say, I don't think it's 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 a globe and I don't think it's it's flat either. I, I actually think Earth is more of a toroidal shape, if anything, a torus, and, and that's it's 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 kind of like a donut, but not really because it's it's a it's an equation like any other shape, but if you squash it, it looks just like a globe, only with openings at the top and the bottom holes to go in. And um, I really do think that um, the, the the Bible leaves a number of breadcrumbs for us. For for instance, when when God creates man in Genesis 1, he says Um, I've given you dominion over the fish of the air of the birds of the sea over everything that creeps be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Now, if you notice there, it says, fill the earth and subdue it. So it doesn't qualify any specific aspect of earth. It's just like the whole thing, but then it says subdue meaning there seems to be something that needs to be subdued, which hints at the pre-Adamic problem that God was putting man here to resolve. You know, the the finished work of Jesus Christ is a cosmic work, new heavens, new earth. Like everything gets redeemed in Christ. It's not just salvation by grace through faith. It's the whole creation being redeemed, but it's got like layers on it you know jesus is redeeming man so that through man he can redeem the earth so that through the earth the heavens are redeemed there's a there's a pattern to that now it says fill the earth and subdue it but later when you read about the flood of noah it says every living thing on the surface of the earth died and that's a qualifying word surface it doesn't actually Say under the surface of the earth. In fact, one of the things that's come up uh, based on like the secret knowledge I've come into connection with by working with you know Illuminati defectors and other other people is that a lot of the, not a lot maybe, but some of the pre-flood groups that were wicked. When the flood started, it hit managed to burrow their way under the earth in in caverns and caves, seal them off to an extent, and survive the flood underground, and pretty much just stayed. Um, I I I think <laughs> considering all of the uh, different what we call alien groups, but in, in, to include reptilian groups that do exist. Deep underground, there seems to be some credence to this whole concept. Now, um, in addition to that, when it, it, as you continue to to read through the Bible, you know th- there is certainly activity that occurs in the deep parts of the earth. Uh, uh, for instance, when David says, "You formed my." Being in the lower regions of the earth in the Book of Psalms, there's like there, there's definitely something down there. The Bible repeatedly mentions the deep to Halm, which is like water, but it's like deep water. It's and it's and it's personified. You also have clear references to Sheol that it's a realm where there's a lot of activity going on of the dead, but it's inside of the earth, deep inside, and so as you work through the bible you do see a, a, a whole lot of references um to what's under the earth and even you know in the book of job where satan comes before the lord and he says you know i've been walking to and fro across the earth and up and down on it some scholars have suggested well by up and down it means going down into the hollow earth realms and up back to the surface world wow now I've talked to people that have literally been on TR3Bs and gone into access points, and, and TR3Bs are just UFOs, right? They're flying craft. Um, on on operations, they've actually gone through gates, entrance points, for lack of better words, into the hollow earth, and told me their memories of that. I've 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 worked with many people who have soul parts that have lived out experiences in the hollow earth in clone bodies and different kinds of, you know, I mean, some of your audience may not be ready for this knowledge, but it just is what it is. It's happening. Um, There's a lot of activity reported in hollow earth. You do have like, you know, uh, some of these more mythical type beings that have very real existence in this realm um and, and and even whole corporations exist in hollow earth it's just like they do on Mars or on series colony I mean these they corporations are everywhere not just surface planet um and and uh, another group that really seems to associate with both both middle earth and hollow earth are are the elves and and they they you know, I mean, there's enough folklore throughout the world of these guys and and no one should be surprised. But, you know, it's not like someone was sitting in their, you know, bathroom in 1500 AD and just made it up. Like these are (laughs) beings that are just systemically placed in like the corporate consciousness of humanity because they have had a real role relative to humanity. And just because we don't fully understand that role, doesn't mean they now just don't exist, and 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 they just don't necessarily walk around on the surface world like we do. So you have, a, I mean, there's a lot to this, Rod.
1: Yes, there is. It, we're, there's no way we're going to be able to cover it all tonight. But all right, so two things that that I held on to that I wanted to bring up. Uh, the last point with the little people, the listeners know that my wife, uh, she spent the first twenty-one years of her life in Southeast Asia, where she was born and raised. They deal with the little people over there, and they do not say that jokingly. They do not make memes about it. It's not a cute campfire story. It is a literal thing that they have dealt with throughout their generations. They have went to war with them. Some of of them have been taken by these little people. The little people have special infatuations with select people over where my wife is from it's a very sensitive topic for her to talk about and you know what it is what it is as time goes on it, people just wake up okay don't be ignorant to what what the devil's devices are and what's going on around us if there's i think la marzulli said it years ago if one person's right talk bringing up uh evidence on these things then we have a problem Oh, you got hundreds and thousands, well, too many to count cases of these things existing uh, from, uh, I don't know, the 12, 14 foot aliens that were just uh, captured supposedly in Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, and everything in between, Dan. But the last thing I kind of wanted to bring up just in regards to a little bit of this, like the elementals and then kind of diving into the creatures and this hollow earth idea, any... Any thoughts on where the Apostle Paul said, I wish the saints knew the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height. Do you th- I mean, Is that verse pointing at some of these strange things that possibly we're, we're talking
0: about here tonight? <laughs> yeah, little people. Look, um, I, I there, there are so many spiritual manifestations. And like I was saying... When when you get into the elemental kingdom, you actually get a whole category of like uh, it's like a whole bucket. Like for instance, demons. Demons are really best understood as disembodied spirits, and in the Book of um, One Enoch, uh, we learn that demons are basically the departed souls of the dead Nephilim or all of these hybrids. So. You know, yeah, man may have a, a future that is ordained of God. But when you have these beings that are just pure hybrids who do not have an existence ordained of God, and their general disposition is just evil and their bodies die. What happens to what's inside of them? What happens to their souls? And it's like, well, in one Enoch, we learned that their souls become demons that harass men in the earth. So okay. Mm-hmm. so that's a disembodied spirit. but, where does Where does that leave room for little people like or any of these other things and and really, some of that gets answered with the elemental kingdom conversation, which is shocking right and and I've been shocked and i i'm I still have a lot of my own questions on this rod, but you know i mean there, there are so many different beings that get associated with the elemental kingdom like. Like like Bogarts or Bogarts, and, and I don't know if you've heard of these, but they're like these two feet tall uh, earth spirits. They're stocky, deformed, and 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 they like target children and bite them, and and they live in Scotland, right? It's like, well, what is that? Is that an entity that came out of a, a Nephilim or? like what the <laughs> but yeah. it's it's actually classified as an elemental spirit the same as a sylph or a nymph or a salamander or or um, you know even a, 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 a um it, it, there's another thing if you've ever heard have you heard of a changeling yes
1: yes i have like
0: these are basically like fairy children and um They can look like fairy babies, just deformed. And, like, what is that? What the heck is a changeling? And it's like, no, no. That's also classified as an elemental spirit. Like, I I would say that these are dark and evil elemental spirits. They're they're certainly not good to keep them around. But, like, there's this whole category. That begins to open up when you when you begin to understand the elemental kingdom. It's like a whole bucket where you have a, a much more robust conversation that begins to happen on um, what really is this world that we're living in? And where does where do all these strange, bizarre, unique spirit groups encounter things, some of them dark, some of them more ambiguous, fall? And okay, so so parking that conversation right i'm telling you, you your people they can go and they can do their own research like the the bible is chock full of earth fire air and water it it's chock full of sun moon stars planets or sun moon stars um and 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 then the the finer points i don't know i'm i'm still working on sorting those out with this passage on you know, that we would know what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. The cool thing about this passage is that it really does describe four spatial dimensions. And at the very least, what this helps us to understand is that the love of God is not meant to be understood as a three-dimensional construct or idea. It surpasses what we can see and define and measure in our 3D world. Um, and it also helps us to understand that there are realities that go beyond what we see and hear and feel in the, in the physical earth. And um, so I love that passage for that fact. And, and, and so, I mean, I don't, I I don't know, like I I, I would go further because You know, one of the things, Rod, and and this is a big, sharp left turn in the conversation, but I I don't know if you've recognized or realized how many people struggle deeply with the idea that God loves them. I mean, really cannot understand it. What goes through their head is God is untrustworthy. God doesn't like me. I've failed God too much. I don't accept myself. I don't even like myself. How can God like me? And, and all of these other thought processes, it's very, very difficult for people to encounter, like tangibly feel the love of God. And people use their inability to feel the love of God as the evidence for them that God does not love them wow and one of the one of the things that wow. this verse actually helps us to understand is um, so, some of the dynamics behind why that's the case because the bible says god so loved the world it's not the love of god that's up for debate it's our ability to receive it that is the center of the entire conversation if you a, a, Have you ever met somebody that no matter how hard you tried to show them goodwill, to be kind, to be pleasant, to be reasonable, they only returned that effort with negativity because they were very Mm. committed to Mm. being unreceptive of goodwill. And any person is capable of this from any other person, anything or anyone, even God, a commitment to being unreceptive. But most of our commitments happen in a realm called the subconscious. So we are not consciously choosing to be uncooperative, but because of hurt, pain, trauma, disappointment, even generational iniquity at times. Subconscious processes engage locking people out. And by that experience at the surface of their lives, they make judgments. And this is what the the full verse says, as, as you back up a little bit. It says, I bow my knee to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that he would grant me, according to the exceeding riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in my heart through faith, that I being rooted and grounded in love maybe be able to comprehend with all the saints, what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge that I'll be filled with all the fullness of God. And, and, and the thing is we actually have to be strengthened by the Holy spirit to allow Jesus Christ to reign. That is like have Lordship over an ever-increasing percentage of our subconscious, which is our heart, to experience that multidimensional reality of what God's love is. And and, and the thing is, the, the the thrones that oppose Jesus Christ in our hearts sound and look like shame self-contempt, self-hatred, Jezebel, lust manipulation, fear of every kind. And when these things are in the heart, Jesus is not ruling those areas. And every one of those areas effectively filters out a percentage of how much of God's love we can experience. Not what he has for us, just what we experience of that multidimensional love and 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 that kind of takes me right back to the whole point of like hey deliverance is the children's bread i believe that the finished work of jesus christ is for the unlocking of the sons of God in every area of their lives, including their ability to receive his love, which is why we have all these tools and resources. And and, and here's a commercial. They're free at (laughs) bridemovement.com. Like we have so many prayers. We even built, Rob, an entire deliverance portal. Like I I actually thought through the logic of how I take people through prayers in private one-on-one deliverance sessions and mapped it with a, you know, an interface so people can go and take assessments, and it'll kick out an email and tell them exactly what prayer they need to do for what issue in their lives. It's like sitting down with me and doing a coaching session, but it's free, and you can do it on your own time. And then you'll take those emails, go back to the deliverance portal, deliverance.bridemovement.com. And when you go to the prayer pages in that resource, I will be on video praying those prayers over you for everything that you have discovered. You need freedom from for free. And anybody can get this at any time, anywhere in the world. I mean, in addition to all the other resources that we have. So, um, you know, God is good and there's a lot of good things that are, are, are for us, Rod. Wow. Wow. Motional roller coaster, Dan. It's
1: just captivating. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, <laughs> strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Psalms 24. 8 through 10 so many people are you know coming to the realization that it's not what we've been told the old model never did work and now the defining lines are clearly starting to show god is bringing the nobodies to be somebodies and the somebodies of times past are becoming nobodies and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, Jesus Christ is Lord, Dan, closing thoughts or just any loose ends from the conversation we'd like to just tie up real quick
0: you You would know better than me. I don't know where, where I left the loose end. I feel like I left <laughs> a lot of loose ends to be completely honest <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, look, um you know i i I, I want to you know just encourage people there's a lot of dark stuff going on all the time. At the same time, there's a lot of God stuff going on and there's a groundswell in the kingdom of God. We are entering a new era. We are entering a new era. Christianity is not going to look like it has in the past. It, um, there, there, there is an outdated application of what God has given us that is being phased out. and. An upgraded application of uh, what God has given us. And and that's why, when I say upgraded application, what that means is God never did anything different between 1970, 1980, 1990, and 2023. Jesus Christ died and resurrected on the third day, having the keys of hell and death. He redeemed mankind. But our understanding of how to apply what he's given us has been hindered and limited. Some of it by available bodies of knowledge, some of it by intentional suppression, some of it by religious systems of control and and and, and some of it by simple ignorance. But we, because we're entering a new world and it is a world where what it means to be human is being redefined. Artificial intelligence is, 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 is taking over a lot of things, replacing jobs. I, I, I mean, chat GPT is a pathetic piece of artificial intelligence compared to what they have in the basement of Google and Amazon and other groups that are working on this stuff. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you look at the world that's being engineered right in front of our eyes. The um, onboarding of the transhumanist agenda, wokeism—that really is—is is, is, is there is such an agenda behind wokeism, and, and I can't get into it because we're already towards the end of this podcast. But you know, to, to to absolutely break down the distinction between male and female is a predecessor to something even worse, and and it's worse than. Trannies. I mean, it's, it's, so I, I just, and God bless, you know, those of you that may have started transitions and are reconsidering that thanks to the finished work of Jesus Christ, like this, not meant Mm -hmm. to be an insult, but the, um, the, the thing is, there's a very diabolical agenda. And at the same time into the world that we are entering in where really like everything is changing. Technology is changing everything. Um, the, the the finished work of Jesus Christ is sufficient. And God is upgrading our understanding on its application to see to it that what happens through the body of Christ in the coming decades makes a Church of Acts look like kindergarten. This is possibly the most exciting time of all time to ever live on the earth, in my opinion. And and what's coming down the pike is just so, so absolutely going to blow our socks off. And and for those of us to go there with God, I mean the, the the rewards from God on on the other side of this mission are also going to be quite extraordinary. And so, I, you know, I just want to encourage people: like, don't get too caught up with the uh, uh, um, the the dark side of the news, so to speak, and, 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 uh, be encouraged at the greatness of Jesus Christ.
1: God really uses you to help the balance. Fear is not the way Jesus Christ is the way. And he commands us, do not fear. Do not be afraid. Where are the Joshua and Caleb's? We can take them for greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world i will have information in the show notes as to where people can find you it was an honor to speak with you again thank you thank you rob that's it that's the show everybody i know you found this one helpful i'm going to ask you guys share this with your pastor share it with your friends family members share it with your coworker, your spouse Who would hide their light under a table? Coming to you from southeastern Pennsylvania, goodbye.